Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to welcome to the show a, a new guest, Elizabeth Yoder. And Elizabeth has a unique story, a topic that we've not covered before on Healthy Discourse and different than our typical subject matter. But Elizabeth grew up Amish and has since left the Amish lifestyle. And she's going to share just a little bit today about her upbringing, and we're hoping to have Elizabeth back soon to talk in more detail as well. So hey, Elizabeth, and welcome. Hi, it's good to be here. I love your podcast, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you and to learn more about your life because it seems fascinating to me. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up and just the basics of growing up Amish. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in northern Indiana um, in a small town. It's actually a tourist town um, that people come to see the Amish and their lifestyle. There's a lot of Amish here, a lot of Amish businesses and restaurants, and it's a quaint little town. Um, So, yeah, I grew up here. Um, My dad actually hosted people at our house all the time. Um, We did banquets. So tourists would come to our house from all over the world and to see, you know, our house and our horse and buggy and and how we live. And we would make them a large dinner and serve them. um, Yeah, Amish food. And so I got to meet people from all over the world to come and they would just want to see the Amish lifestyle. So it it was very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I think that there's a lot of um, misconceptions probably about growing up Amish and it's kind of, I, 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 so I, we talked about this before, but I grew up in Amish country and there, and my first babysitter was Amish, but I think even in our area where there were Amish people everywhere, I think it was kind of like everyone was a little fascinated by them, but didn't really know a lot of the ins and outs and details besides that everyone had really strong work ethic and went to (laughs) church a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. So every, um, every church district is different. And so it can be a little complicated because everybody's experience growing up Amish is vastly different. Me and my now husband grew up just not even 10 miles apart. And our childhood growing up was very, very different. And the rules that we grew up with were very different. So it can be interesting. And everybody, every Amish person you talk to will have a different mm-hmm. Well, tell me on that note, then tell me, like, what are what's one of the big differences between your way of Amish life growing up and his? So yeah, so his parents were very strict. And um, so when like, are you um, like familiar with Rumspringa, like that term? No. Okay, so <laughs> tell um, me <laughs> this is this is not true for every um, Amish person, but uh-huh. I would say a good majority um, will know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. So once you turn 16, um, your parents it's like turning 21 for a normal person. Like you okay. are just kind of this is your chance to do whatever you want. And, um, you know, and for me, I was allowed to dress up in jeans and have a car and all of that. And my husband, he, that was like a big fat no in his house. And, Mm. um, so I had older siblings that were in Rumspringa and they actually, we were allowed to have a TV upstairs in their room. 
And that would have been a big fat no in his household. Um, Interesting. Just, yeah, very different. Um, and back so, when, but, when I was a kid. On that, like, I'm sorry. I was just back on that, though. So is that like when you are able to start making decisions for yourself or... Yeah. They okay. Turn you, they turn you loose. And the big thing is like going to parties and socializing. So there's a lot of underage drinking. Um, and, and it's not, it's not a good thing, um, really. Interesting. But every, every person, every family that, you know, um, does the whole room spring a thing, like you count down the days until you're 16 and get to just do whatever you want, which there's still children being 16 years old, you're still a child. And so you get into a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, very negative things happen in that period. But you are so like tied down most of your life. And so when you get to that point in your life, you're just let loose, and you're allowed to have a phone and a car. And for, again, this was my experience. Um, wow. But, yeah, it's so it That's was surprising. Just, yeah. And so, so it's, period, so it's like, kind of like there's all these rules and then suddenly there isn't. Right. Right. Oh. And so you, so you can imagine, um, the type of trouble that, that kids get into. <laughs> that was something I wasn't aware of. I did not realize that. Um, and then like, so sorry, cause we didn't get very far with your upbringing, but I'm just very oh, curious. Cool. So no, go ahead. then is it like, so can't you kind of get like, kicked out for some of those things or how does that work with like okay now you can make your own decisions is that like a test or how does that work so it's basically so this time in your life you get to go and experience the world and they it's kind of like they set you up for failure because you get into a lot of trouble and you see like how negative things can be but you're a 16 year old making horrible choices and so I feel like it's kind of a setup for failure so that you come back and join the Amish church so you actually have to join the Amish church at some point and commit to their list of rules but you can't do that until you're 16 or after so anytime after 16 you can actually join the Amish church make that commitment they baptize you you know same as most Christians in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit But then they also, this is now your commitment to staying in the Amish church. So once you turn 16, you get to go, you know, do whatever you want. And then if you decide to join the Amish church, then you can do that at any point after that. And if you don't, then you don't. Interesting. Okay. Well, I already learned something new. Um, All right. So kind of within your family, because I know there's a lot of different ways and different rules and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. What were some of your, what were some of the things that you enjoyed the most about within your Amish church and your family about growing up Amish, as opposed to, we'll say the world? Right. So it was, it, it was very neat. And the whole, like from the outside looking in, it looks just very quaint and just beautiful. You have your, you know, two parent households for 99.9% of kids, divorce is very frowned upon. So you grew up with your mom and dad, you grow to go to your little private Amish school and your you usually drive in your little pony in the pony cart, you come home and, you know, you get to help your mom out in the garden. And it is for them, you know, the basics are very beautiful and quaint. And um, I remember, you know, begging for a pony and my my dad finally got me one. And I remember spending a lot of time with mom out. She had tons and tons of flowers and 
just that part of it, that aspect, that family dynamic and um, the routine that comes with that, it, um, it does set you up for um, just a good, healthy rest of your life. And so I, I honor that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that is beautiful. And I think there's, you know, I feel like that part is kind of how it used to be for everybody, right? But we've gotten away from that in the last 100 years or so. So yeah. And then tell me, like, uh, what was your school like? Yeah, so at an Amherst school, so I went to kindergarten just at a regular elementary school. I, I started off in kindergarten there. My parents sent me. And then I actually had the option to either continue to go to public school or go to an Amherst school. But I was a I was an introvert and all the kids drove me nuts. And so <laughs> I, I wanted to go to a smaller school. I actually chose to go to an Amherst school. For a lot of Amherst kids, that's not an option. It's Amherst school, like that's it. Um, but around where I come from, there's also a large majority that just go to regular public schools. But as for mm-hmm. the Amish schools, it's um, just, a lo- it looks like an old church house is kind of what it looks like. It's got two giant rooms and you've got maybe on average about 50 to 75 kids and maybe two to three teachers. The teachers didn't go to college. Their only rules are that they have to be part of the Amish church Um that's it really in a certain age. Um, huh. and then you get, um, the, the teachers, they have multiple different, uh, ages in their classrooms. And so they have to teach maybe sixth, seventh and eighth grade all together. And, um, so it's, it's a very different, yeah, it, it's very different from public school, but you learn the same, you know, math and reading and, English and, and, and all those, um, and then things. after eighth grade, what did you, what, what did you do? Yeah. So every Amish, uh, kid goes till eighth grade and then that's it. And so the norm is to get a job. Um, that summer I got my first job, um, outside of like, cause my dad actually had, um, a few restaurants, that he managed and then owned. And so I was always, you know, working in restaurant. And then when I got out of school, I wanted to do my own thing. I got my own job. Um, yeah. So that's kind of expected that you, you get a job. Um, of course I was 14, 15 then. And then, um, at 16, you know, room spring starts. So after school mm-hmm. ends after eighth grade, you're just counting down those days until, and then at 16, I actually went back and got my GED. I took private classes um, and got my um, GED because I wanted to go to college eventually, which I still Okay. <laughs> Is that fairly common to go on and get the GED or not really? Um, around here, there's quite a few of them that do, um, mm-hmm. but most places, no, that, that okay. would be a thing but around here yeah there's I wouldn't say that majority have their GED I would say a good percentage do and how about going to college um again there's there's quite a few that do um but in most places no but yeah there's I think there's actually like um websites that you can go on simply for like Amish kids that are going to college and it and it helps them because it's very difficult and one of the reasons that I haven't, um, didn't go to college yet, or I don't know if I ever will is like, I never took computer classes. And so, um, taking online courses seems just completely out of my league. Um, Mm. anything 
is 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 still hard for me because I didn't take computer classes. Yeah. Well, I grew up. I'm in the. I'm in the. I'm in. What is it called? Xennial, where I'm right between Gen X and Millennial, and <laughs> yeah. and we grew up with all the technology, and it still doesn't like me, and I still despise online classes. So there's that. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the religious aspects of being Amish, because I feel like that's where there's probably the most misconceptions. Like, oh, they're just quote really good Christians, which you know, that often comes with a lot of rules and a biblical view of Christianity is not just about rules, but let's hear it from your perspective because I'm no expert here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, there's a lot of, in my family, especially they talk a lot about why they do what they do and they, they question it a lot. And, um, but yet they don't, they don't see what I see. So I think this is the most difficult question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'll start off by saying that all Amish believe that um, Jesus was the son of God and that he died for our sins and rose from the grave. And they all believe that. Um, However, I believe that it's still a very works based um, lifestyle. Like a lot of them, a lot of them believe that you, if you were born Amish and you leave the Amish, you are going to hell. Now, the oh. m- majority of the Amish around here don't believe that. Okay. Um, there's still a few here and there that, that definitely do. Um, but when you join the Amish church, they give you this little book that's full of the rules. And then it points you to a Bible verse where they get that rule from. And a lot of it is taken out of context, just like any other religion. They nitpick it to um, fit their narrative, really. And again, um, a good place to go to to find uh, a little bit of backstory. And I've seen a lot of like Amish TV shows and and they're all, you know, just I haven't seen anything that's very accurate. Um, There is a show on Prime Video that describes it very accurately and it's called the Amish and the Reformation. And yeah, it's on prime prime video that explains a lot. Um, So basically, yeah, they believe that you're not supposed to be um, part of the world and partake in, you know, having cell phones and cars and you're supposed to live a slower paced life and just focus all of your time and energy on God and taking care of your family, which is, which is a great, I think that anybody should, um, you know, that, that's a great thing for anybody. Mm-hmm. However, especially where I come from, the Amish are very, um, <laughs> they're out and about way more than I am and very busy people. Um, mm. That's interesting. So, yeah. It, the, um, the religious aspects are, are a little, they can be confusing. Um but it's it's very rule based. They believe in Jesus, but they don't do any Bible studies. It's very like um, taboo to have Bible studies. Um, really? And why yeah. is that? I don't know. They. Hmm. I think that if you go generations and generations back, they prevented people from doing that, and they had they had a reason, I'm sure. But it was mostly if you keep studying, you'll find that this lifestyle actually doesn't match up with the Bible. And yeah. so it's very like frowned upon and stuff. And you so know, that was my first, like the bells that went off in my head were like, this doesn't seem 
right. <laughs> right. So, so were the, who was then like, cause somebody was leading and teaching. So like from the Bible, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, and then, uh, but, but no one else is allowed to study or have, know. You have your Bibles and they always encourage you to go home and, and read your Bibles. But I've heard of a lot of people that have left the Amish that went to uh, the bishop, which is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. And they ask him, that's the person to ask permission for a lot of things. And they've asked for permission to like, hey, can we start everybody bringing their Bibles to church? And it was just no. And can we start Bible studies? And it was no. And a lot of people actually got kicked out for questioning it too much. They were what they call shunned and and um, people, they're kind of excommunicated. Um where my parents are living right now, um, it's more common to, they're starting to, the women have little Bible studies together. So it's, it's just starting to where that's kind of becoming a thing. Um, but that's also more people are leaving the Amish now than ever before. So mm. I it's also people are starting to open their eyes a little bit to like this, this doesn't seem quite, quite right. Um, uh-huh. In church, they read out of a German Bible. Our ancestors were um, uh, read all in German and they think that that's one of the earliest translations is in German. And so they stick mm-hmm. to that. And so I remember being in church and he was reading German and I can read German and, and understand some of it, but like, majority of Amish kids and adults, they don't understand what the guy is saying standing up there. They have to go home and find what he was reading out of it and read it in English because they don't understand what he's saying. It's it's more of a tradition thing. Um, actually, right. majority of the, the Amish lifestyle is based on tradition and trying to keep tradition. Yes. So it's really that kind of religiosity versus truth and grace is kind of what I think I'm hearing from you. Yeah, so for sure. When the I whole first... follow the rules, do the things, show up when you're supposed to, make yep. sure it looks a certain way, that yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of now, them have secretly have cell phones. They secretly do this. They're not supposed to like smoke cigarettes or like that's, you know, not supposed to drink, but there's um, a lot of families that they, but they hide it because they know if they would bring it to light, they would have to do the whole, you know, going in front of the church, confessing their sins. It's not just um, going to one certain person and saying, hey, I have a problem. It's you have to go in front of them. It's a lot of humiliation, but what they call it oh. is correcting. They don't see it as humiliation. They see it as mm-hmm. love. And right. so they do a lot of a lot of stuff in secret. Okay, that makes sense because, and and I think that's why you know the Bible teaches us that to go to a person first, and then if that doesn't work, to bring a a, a, along a small group, and then if that doesn't work, then you know then a collection of elders, and then perhaps the whole body. And I think that's probably why is because that intimidation is it, it deters growth. Yeah. rather than encouraging it. So and I think that's... I think majority of Amish people, even though they would never admit it or see it this way, the only reason that they're still Amish is because it's what is expected of them. And mm-hmm. they want so badly to gain favor in this community and from their parents. And so they just, they keep 
they keep doing it because it would mean having your father look at you in that disappointed way. And I've seen it, but from my own father and it would, it's hard, but mm-hmm. um, not as hard as it would be to <laughs> keep being Amish. <laughs> in my right. Opinion. Well, and I mean, I think that's, I think that, that to me, this sounds relatable in many ways, not uh, obviously I'm not Amish, but there are, I think a lot of um, traditions and that kind of thing that we get so we grasp so tightly to that we forget that they're not um, that they're not they're, they're not they're not biblical and they're not required you know that kind of thing so yeah um, I remember awesome. going to my first uh, I went to uh, just a non-denominational church when I was 18 and the pastor that Sunday spoke very much on how it is not based on our works that mm-hmm. it and he really really taught on the grace of god and that's when the light bulb really went off and like oh wow okay, this is who god is okay yeah. so like, most of my life it was do a b and c to get to heaven uh-huh. and then i heard like there's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven i was like okay that makes more sense we're gonna uh-huh. do that Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Well, unfortunately, I think we have to end this segment due to time's sake, but you have, I mean, you've just told me a little bit in our communication before about some really fascinating and not great things that you kind of were led into in your late teens and early adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I really want to connect more about that because I want to understand how the way you were raised and then going through these challenging times and then coming to faith. Like there's nothing I love more than those types of faith stories. And I really want to make sure we hear yours. So come back again, please, Elizabeth, and share that with us. So we'll have a part two coming soon, everyone. So look out for that. And Elizabeth, I so appreciate you being vulnerable and honest about this. And I'm sure it's difficult to talk about still because you don't want to feel like you're um, you know, talking badly about people, which you're certainly not, but you're just sharing your honest perspective. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes when Jesus opens our eyes to truth, like we have to reveal, um, there's, there is gray, I think in this world, there's black, there's white, and there's gray. And we have to, to sift through what that actually means and, and look at things through a new lens. And I'm really proud of you for that. So I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you so much. And I'll catch up with you. Thank soon. you for having me. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was an honor to talk to you and I look forward to our next session. Yes, me too. Take care. You too. Bye.